Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sports Ethos Bulls coverage show. I'm your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. Uh, Sports Ethos, guys, listeners, do please, please take a moment to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant fantasy basketball uh, and basketball news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Um, yeah, the Bulls, uh, the funny thing is we don't know the end score because the Bulls are currently still playing the Detroit Pistons, but uh, I didn't really want to watch the end here. It looks like, uh, Simonovic just got technical, uh, at the 248 mark in the fourth. So, uh, you know, thing, big oh, things, wow. yeah, big things happening there. Um, yeah, with yeah. a 40 point lead and yeah. five minutes to go, we thought, we thought it was safe to go ahead and jump on and get a head start on recapping this game. Yeah, I think uh, it might be the first game, the first recap out there, so that'll be awesome. But uh, obviously the Bulls win. I don't expect the Stars to get back in here. So the Bulls win over the Pistons here and start a new uh, streak, hopefully, here. And uh, they get they win it behind uh, Vucevic's 22-8 and eight and four assists. Uh, DeMar's had 20 points, 12 rebounds, which was nice. He, he really worked the boards there and seven assists. He probably could have had a triple-double if he would have had to play the whole game. Uh, Zach actually had a really interesting line here, 10 points. Uh, only but nine rebounds and seven assists. He was also flirting a little bit with a triple-double. And uh, Mr. Lonzo Ball shot the ball really, really well from the field, six of nine from the field, 18 points, four of seven from beyond the arc, uh, five assists, three steals. Um, just took care of business. Uh, you know, basically, I, I did have some concerns. I wrote down before the game started, I wanted to see if the Bulls would treat this like as kind of a look-ahead game. They do have the the um, Nets tomorrow, which we'll talk about a little bit about here. Uh, at the end of this podcast, but um, was just a little concerned, Trey, that they were going to just look past the Pistons here, who are obviously not a very good basketball team. The Pistons have been winning games as of late, though, so I thought it could be a little bit of a dangerous thing here. In the first quarter, was a bit rough. You know, um, the Bulls came out, and I felt like they didn't have a lot of energy, and you saw Isaiah Stewart run around and, and just kind of grab rebounds, like, in between two or three guys, uh, and I was a little ticked off and a little perturbed. I was looking at uh, Mr. Vucevic, and just uh, wondering where the urgency was with on the rebounding. Um, there was a missed defensive assignment in the second or third possession there where Stewart just got loose for a wide-open layup, too. I, I'm not going to put that on Booch because he was switched on somebody. But uh just looked like the Bulls just weren't in this game. Uh, they, the Nets Pistons jumped out to a 9-5 lead. Uh, and then there was a timeout by Billy. Uh, and the first quarter was kind of competitive. Um, the, the Bulls just couldn't keep the, the Pistons off the offensive boards. Uh Interestingly, Trey, Io DeSumo did check in at the 851 mark in the first quarter for Mr. Derek Jones Jr. And he, I felt like he brought a lot to the game. So do you think that's something we're going to see tomorrow? Or do you think maybe even Io jumps into that starting lineup finally? I think 
I think Donovan likes having him come off the bench because of that energy he brings. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Isaiah Stewart giving us trouble. It seems like that's a theme every game this year against the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart just has been a menace for Vucevic, that undersized energy guy. But he he has the strength to kind of play with Vucevic, so that might be you know some of his kryptonite to look out for. But you you mentioned Io specifically. He he was a plus 23 tonight in 27 minutes. He had 10 points. I think they all came in the first half, if I remember correctly. He was assertive. Um, I I don't see I don't see him coming into the starting lineup again because I think with as assertive as he is and is becoming, especially you know on on the offensive end. I think that's something Billy Donovan likes having come off the bench, especially with Kobe White. I so no, I, I don't think he becomes a starter. Do you? Uh no, I think especially when Caruso comes back, you know, Alex Caruso I think is, is gonna be um eventually that starter, uh until we get a another solid swing guy, uh, or Patrick Williams comes back or you know, Javante Green comes back. So Javante Green or Alex Crusoe are probably going to start over Io. Um, but D- Derek Jones Jr. and you know, no knock on him, he played pretty well tonight. Uh, I know he had a pair of threes. Uh, let's see what his line was here. He was uh, two for three from the field, two of two from beyond the arc, two rebounds only, uh, six points, four personal fouls, thirteen minutes. Um, you know, that's not. Uh, I mean, you know, that's on paper. That that's looking at the stat line. You don't always get everything from the stat line, but just with the eye test. We've talked about it before, you know, it's just not some, not something I'm super impressed with Derek Jones Jr. I think he's a decent guy that can give you 10 to 15 minutes in a game as a backup. But, uh, you know, I just I, I don't prefer him to start. I wouldn't mind seeing Io in the starting lineup if we don't see Caruso, if we don't see um, Javante Green back for us. Uh, I think he's better uh, just all around, you know. And I do have to apologize to Mr. C. Red Fred out there, um, as I did call him out maybe about three weeks ago and saying that Io was, you know, kind of replaceable. This kid, I mean, he just continues to surprise me. A um, couple of uh, you, really good. You go don't ahead. worry that it, Io is going to lose opportunities being in the starting lineup because I think him coming off the bench and playing with those secondary units. I think that kind of leads to his usage being a little more inflated. Whereas Derek Jones, you're right. I, w- I, I think Io is a better player, which is why I prefer to have him coming off the bench because our starters are so strong with Zach, Lonzo, DeMar, and Vucevic. Uh, to me, having especially those four, having those four, Io would just, or Kobe White, they both just seem kind of like offensive luxuries. Whereas we really need, I I think the Bulls really need that offensive punch off the bench. So what do you think would happen to the bench if you got your wish and Io got moved to the starting lineup? And do you think Io is able to contribute at the same level? So I don't think it's an issue because um, just the ways that in which Io scores, because Io doesn't necessarily rely on shot creation himself. It's not like he's Kobe White where he needs the ball in his hands to score. Um, he's an efficient scorer. He gets his points off of catch-and-shoot threes and off of um, the transition. Those are his main two ways of scoring the basketball. And, uh, you know, he needs to, get, needs to get a full head of steam so he can get those layups in traffic. So um, I don't think moving to the starting lineup really takes anything away from him, to be honest with you. Um, and as far as that second unit goes, you know, I did I did mention Kobe White. As long as he's coming in on it, in that second unit, I don't think offensively it's a problem. 
Defensively, uh, you still got Derek Jones Jr. If Derek Jones Jr. is moving to the bench, and I think defensively, Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr. is a good player, uh, and he's done really well. He's shown that versatility. I mean, if you're looking for a defensive replacement for a Patrick Williams type, there, you know, you could probably do better than Derek Jones Jr. But he's a pretty decent stand-in uh, on the defensive side of the basketball. So if there's anything with the starting unit, I'd worry about with Io coming in would be the defensive side. But I really, after what I've seen tonight with with the way he played defense on Cade Cunningham in the first half, um, I really don't have an issue there. I don't have, I, I don't think it's an issue. Um, I, but I, what I could see happening is that, you know, they don't necessarily start Io, but they bring him in like tonight, you know, the nine, eight minute mark, whatever it is. And then he just ends up playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes uh, as opposed to Derek Jones Jr. Like, you know, plays 13, 15 minutes. Um, right. The, the numbers back you up. On that, by the way, uh, IO's play types, according to Synergy, 35% of them are spot up opportunities and 31% are transition opportunities. So that's 66% are either in transition or, or he's simply spotting up. And he's a very, according to Synergy, again, he's a very good spot up shooter and he's average in transition. It's funny, though, his third highest play type is the pick and roll ball handler. It's only 9.3%, but... He's getting over a point per possession, so he's actually ranking excellent in the 94th percentile as the ball handler in the pick and roll. So it's not something he does very often, but when he has done it, he's excelled in that role. So that's kind of something I I wasn't aware of. I just happened to kind of stumble upon it while we were doing the show and I was looking at the numbers. So that's something that I'm going to kind of pay attention to, uh, maybe – Remind me, uh, so Io pick and roll ball handler. Maybe yeah. that's a hidden gem role for him. Yeah, we're gonna have to see about that. But um, but like I said, I don't think it matters. I think it probably ends up that Derek Jones Jr. just starts and and Io plays more. Io did get 27 minutes tonight as opposed to Derek Jones Jr.'s 13. So he ended up basically playing starter minutes. It's kind of like that Keith Bogans and and Kyle Korver situation, you know, with the. Uh, with the Bulls before where, where Bogan started, but then would play like 10 to 15 minutes. So, um, uh, yeah, kind of strange. That, but that, Yeah, I, I I always enjoyed the Keith Bogan starting role. Uh, <laughs> he was the better version of the Kendrick Perkins honorary starter. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's how it works. I think that's how it plays out. But like I said, it'll all be a mood anyways. Um, Caruso may be even on the verge of comeback. He did tweet out. Uh, RT retweet um, the Bulls. I think it was a Bulls uh, Bleacher Nation Bulls uh, tweet about missing watching Caruso steal the basketball from from the opponents, and uh, he retweeted that. And so obviously he's uh, eager to get back out there. He's been I know working out and getting up shots before games. So on the verge of a comeback, could be in the next game. We don't have a injury report um, just yet for the Bulls. For the Nets though, for next game we do have uh, an injury report already. And they are going to be without LaMarcus Aldridge again. He's been out with the, with some foot soreness for the last couple of games. Nick Claxton is also questionable. So, uh, and I know he had some left hamstring tightness last game and had to leave in the middle of the game. I know because I was betting on his uh, rebounds and points, of course. And so, uh, you know, he left sometime in the third quarter and I missed those bets, but uh, all good. Uh, if he doesn't go, though, I don't know who plays center for the mat. It would probably be Blake Griffin. Uh, can Blake Griffin contain Nikola Vucevic? I hope not. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you hope I, not. It, I was watching Vooch pretty closely tonight. Um, I was pretty annoyed with him in the first quarter. I felt like he is, it, it, 
it wasn't all his fault. Like, you know, rebounding's a team effort, but with the activity Isaiah Stewart was bringing into the offensive glass, it just felt like, you know, he should have put a body on him. But credit to him, you know, the second quarter, he did come out and it seemed like he put a body on, on Stewart pretty much every shot. Um, so he did adjust after that first quarter, which looked kind of rough. He had a really, really bad first quarter. But then let's talk about the third quarter because it was all Vooch. Uh, and it was his best quarter of the season in terms of scoring. He scored 16 points in one quarter. He was doing it from all areas of the floor, just like we you know, envisioned it. Uh, hit a couple threes, had some uh, rolls to the basket, had some you know little mini jump hooks there. Um, just pull out all those all the stops. Obviously, this is a Detroit Pistons, so I'm not like going crazy. Uh, I would love for him to do it in a bigger game, but still, it's nice nice to see Vucevic have some success, right? Yeah, uh, especially after the last game against the Mavericks, he was, you know, he was targeted so much on the defensive end, and he had such a poor offensive game compared to such a strong run during that winning streak. So everyone knows Vucevic struggled, especially early in the season. It, you know, it's no secret. He's talked himself about not knowing why he, he was putting up the numbers he was putting up. So after he struggled against the Mavericks, the, the Vooch doubters, I'm sure, were holding their breath, just kind of, ex, you know, half expecting him to continue to downslide. So for him to have, you know, a dominant a dominant game and a dominant third quarter, like you said, he struggled a little bit in the first, but to be able to come out after halftime and to put together a quarter like that, I think it just showed that he's on the right track. And it, to me... The days of worrying about Vucevic's production, I, I've I've been a Vooch guy the whole time, but I I think for the most part we can depend on him to put up you know maybe not the numbers that he put up tonight you know in that quarter, but overall you know 22 points on 18 shots, you know going two of four from three, eight rebounds, four assists. I think that's something we can expect from him on an every night basis. Yeah, and he didn't hit my uh, New Year's resolution tonight. Uh, I, I'm not going to blame him for it because they did pull him. Obviously, he would have hit the double-double if he would have been able to play the fourth. He only got eight rebounds, though. Uh, he did shoot 56% from the field, uh, mostly in that third quarter. Like I said, just went off and uh, really brought his average up and everything like that. Uh, Kobe White, uh, I believe he did hit his New Year's, New Year's resolution for me for one, going one for three for three-pointer. Yeah, 33%. And I think I said over 32 or, or something like that. I'll have to remember exactly what it was. I think but. 33 basically hits it. Yeah. You wanted so. him to at, le- at least be one of, you know, basically be 33%. Don't, he wasn't don't necessarily, he wasn't necessarily, this this should have been a win tonight for the Bulls. Um, They did it. They took care of business. Um, Rocky first quarter, but beyond that, pretty boring game. Not, not a whole lot of uh, actually anything else to really talk about here because the Bulls just did what they should have done. Uh, and beat this Detroit Pistons team by, let's see, what did the end score end up being? 133 to 133. So, quick math, how many points is that? <laughs> who's a, who's a mathematician that? here? That's 46 points, 46 points. <laughs> a lot. So, Troy Brown Jr. doing his best Caruso yeah. impersonation, getting six steals. It's got to be a career high career for high. him. Yep, it's a career high for him. Um, I did see and that. You're right, there's not a lot to talk about with this game. But the next game coming up. Yeah, big one. Big one. Big big game. You you read the injury report. No sign of Durant, no sign of Harden, no sign of Kyrie. Kyrie's coming to Chicago. It's 
I well, know. They are, they are, I know the I'm one. sorry. I did. I did. I did skip over. Kyrie and James Harden are both questionable. Uh, Harden did miss the la- did miss the last one with the hyperextension in his left knee. I would have to, if I were to place a wager on it, I would say he probably plays. Uh, Kyrie, he had that one uh, play with Nazir Little in that last game, which um, you know he thought was dirty. Uh, it wasn't dirty. It was a basketball play for the most part. And uh, but he did hurt himself, his ankle. He did roll his ankle, so um, he is questionable also. Uh, I do, but he did say himself that he was going to play. So I think both of those guys do play. So go ahead. Sorry. Oh well, way to kill my <laughs> momentum there, Mr. Sorry. Keith. So, Sorry. Even though they're questionable, uh, I think we at least see Kyrie. I so it's a big game for the Bulls, especially after you know struggling against the Mavericks and that kind of isolation heavy basketball. You know. I think it's it's important that they have a good showing against the Nets, even more so than against the Warriors. I know the Warriors is the game that got moved. It's on prime time. But the Nets, they're in the division. They're one of you know the two teams that the Bulls are going to have to go through to try and get to the finals. I think this is the biggest game of the week for them. Yeah, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be big. I mean, obviously, we we do own the um, se- the season series, I believe, even if, even if we do drop this one, because I think we only play them three we times. Do. If, yeah, so, so um, you know, it doesn't matter as far as that goes, but um, it does matter just in terms of, you know, obviously, we can build another another game lead uh, in them on them in the standings, and the standings should have updated by now. I believe we're two ahead of them. Let me just take a double check real quick. Uh, we are two and a half games ahead of the Brooklyn Nets and three games ahead of the Miami Heat, and three and a half games ahead of the of Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks and the Nets have both dropped a couple of games, you know, here and there in the last uh, three, four games that uh, have allow- allowed the Bulls to really build in this lead. So uh, it's like it's a big game in terms of that. I mean, it's, it's still somewhat early in the season. You know, we're not even to the All-Star break yet. But if you can get, you know, a good four or five game lead on some of these teams, it starts to get a little bit more of a mental blockade for them where they're not really trying to catch you as much, right? Exactly. If you can build that lead and have that consistency, if if the Bucks and the Nets look up and the Bulls have a five-game lead with 20 games to go, maybe they don't worry about trying to push the gas at all. And the Bulls have the opportunity to rest a little bit more because the Bulls definitely want to try and get that one seed. Being able to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals without playing the Nets or the Bucks, that's that would be just a huge win for this team. And in terms of it being a successful season, I think I think it's clear that the Nets and the Bucks are are a tier ahead of the Bulls still. The Bulls definitely, at least if nothing else, have to prove it. But being able to say they were Eastern Conference finalists, that would be huge for them going forward. Especially, you know, a lot of pundits calling them the 11th place team. Stacey King's been... Uh, touting that I've seen on Twitter a few times. So if they could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that would just, what that would do for their confidence going forward, I think would be huge. So I think, um, you know, I'm looking for Vooch again uh, to have a nice game. I want him to have like a really great game because, uh, again, LaMarcus Eldridge is out. Uh, Nick Claxton is questionable, but even if he does play, uh, he had three fouls in like the first uh, six, seven minutes against uh, Yusuf Nurkic in the last game. So uh, that's just a weakness that, you know, we can exploit with a, a talented big like Vucevic, uh, who should be able to theoretically draw those fouls on, on a Claxton type. 
And if Claxton doesn't play, obviously, like I said, they'll have Blake Griffin down there. I just don't see that happening where Blake Griffin shuts down Vucevic in the post. Or uh, I think Vucevic has a strength and the size on him. Uh, if anything, you know, Blake Griffin's going to step out to the three-point line and pull Vuce away from the basket on, de- on defense, which is not a big problem. Um, you know, I'll live with a Blake Griffin three-pointer. So um, I'm looking for Vooch to have a good game. Uh, I'm also looking to see, you know, h- how we do guarding both those those you know, ball handlers, like you were talking about Kyrie and James Harden, uh, having to deal with both of them. I'd like to see how, how we do that with just, you know, Lonzo ball. It'd be really nice to have Alex Caruso back for this one, especially if both those guys play. Um, cause then you can throw one of, you know, Lonzo ball or Caruso on either of those guys and they're going to fight over screens and, and make life difficult for them. Um, but I'm, they're going to try to do, I believe what the you know Mavericks did and get Vooch in that pick and roll and, and try to take advantage of that drop coverage. Right. Yeah, I believe so. For the Bulls, who who guards Durant? I think Lonzo's probably going to be on Kyrie. But to me, I think we're going to see more than 13 minutes out of Derek Jones Jr. because I think he's kind of the ideal build guy to guard Kevin Durant. Yeah. And my who do you put Io on? Who do you who do you kind of who would you like to watch him match up against the most? Hard, for me it's a toss up between Harden and Durant. I, with those long arms, I kind of wonder if he could bother Durant a little bit. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see I.O. on Durant too much. Um, I think you'll see Derek Jones Jr. on him quite a bit. I think, like you said, Derek Jones Jr. will probably play more like 20, 25 minutes in this one uh, just for his defense alone. Uh, so that's a good point, um, especially since we were talking about maybe the I.O. getting more minutes than him. I might have been wrong there in this specific instance. Um, I also think, you know, you can probably throw Lonzo Ball on on uh, Kevin Durant a little bit. Uh, I think Lonzo's got the size uh, and the and the length to really handle it, and just the ability to contest. Uh, and that's really all you're hoping to do with Kevin Durant. He's going to shoot over you. He's seven foot tall and can knock down jumpers from anywhere on the floor. Uh, all you can do is really just get a hand up and just hope that he's not on fire that night. That's that's all you can do. He's one of yeah. the best. He's possibly the best player, probably the best player in the NBA right now. So uh, not too concerned about, I mean, I am concerned as, as far as that goes, like, cause you can't stop him, but uh, not too concerned about who's going to guard him because at the end of the day, he's going to get his right. He's probably going to end up getting 35 to 40 points, hopefully closer to the 30 point mark against the bulls. What do you think over under we'll say 33 for uh, Kevin Durant tomorrow. I'm going to say over. Yeah. I just, I don't think the Bulls are equipped to stop a player like him. And that's part of the, the issue and one of the things that we both hope they might address come, you know, come the trade deadline. But mm-hmm. to me, I think the Bulls are going to be, like, if you would have said over under 20 points for Kyrie Irving, I probably would have taken the under. Because mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to, you know, kind of limit the guard play. But Kevin Durant, like you said, he's going to shoot over anybody, but especially on the Bulls, other than Derek Jones Jr. I, d- I just don't know who's bothering him at all. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, obviously, we don't have Javante Green either, so um, and I don't think he's going to be back. I I, I haven't seen much on Javante. I do, I do think, Lonzo, like you said, Lonzo's 6'6". I think Lonzo is a, a really good option to kind of pester him. But well, that that's part of playing against a team that is as talented as the Brooklyn Nets. Like that's why it's such an important matchup because the Bulls are really talented, but every team has their flaws and the Bulls have places that they can exploit the Nets. Yeah. 
I don't, especially like you mentioned, Vucevic. Who stop? There's no one on the Nets that should be able to stop what Vucevic is able to do on the offensive end, and yeah. the Bulls should be getting nothing but wide open looks the entire game. Yeah, I'm gonna be looking for the Bulls to actually be um, the aggressors here on the boards. That's gonna be a big key to this game, I think, is um, you know getting there, and get, working the boards, getting some offensive rebounds, some second chance points, some second chances at the basket. Uh, it's gonna be necessary, man. This Nets team, um, whether or not you know Kyrie. Harden uh, both play it's going to be a tough game uh you know even even the last couple of times we played them we barely beat them and they were they were on the back-to-back this time we're on the back-to-back so uh it's going to be difficult um and actually Javante Green it says he was going to be expected to miss two to four weeks and that was on January 3rd so he's definitely not playing uh in this way he's going to be out for at least another week here um but yeah it sucks that he's out too because uh, even though he doesn't he's not the best option to guard a Kevin Durant type, but he could give you a good five, six, seven, eight minutes uh, of activity. Just, just hassling him with his athleticism. Um, but yeah, it, you know, there's, like you said, there's not a good option to guard Kevin Durant. I think a lot of teams have that problem though. It's not specific to the bulls. I think it's, you know, it's just something that happens in the league. Unless you have like, you know, you know, Asante Tegumpo on your team. It's like, who's, who's going to guard this guy. So, uh, but you know, Patrick Williams would have been that guy and uh, we don't have him now. So, that's why we're talking about, you know, whatever, Tory Craig, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, whoever we can get get uh, to fill that void left by Patrick Williams. Because this is this is the specifically if we play a seven game series against this team, this is the thing that would that would keep me up at night is, is who's who the heck's going to guard Kevin Durant. You know, um, he's going to drop 40, 50. I mean, uh, if there's a seven. game right, series, And like you said, yeah. there's. There's 25 other teams in the league that have that same nightmare going to sleep if they happen to get matched up in a series against Kevin Durant. But the Bulls, I think overall, they've they've got a lot of talent and they need to at least come away with a good showing. They've already beat the Nets twice this year. It's not going to be the end of the world if the Nets beat the Bulls. But you want the Bulls to have a good showing. You want them to have you want them to show that they can they can punch back against the nets when the nets have all of their guys that would be nice to see so yeah we've got the brooklyn nets and obviously like you said we do have the uh, warriors also on friday uh, which is a tough stretch man we've got wednesday uh, against the Nets, and then we got one day off, and then we've got the Warriors. Uh, both games are at home, which is the nice thing. Uh, and the Warriors are going to be coming on, uh, coming to us uh, out of back to back, and they're not playing their best basketball either. And they're trying to reimplement Clay, so I think it's a real prime time to beat the Warriors, as it's going to be on a national stage. So uh, I don't want to look past this Nets game, but I think they're both pretty important games here. So it's going to be exciting. And uh, if you do have Kevin Durant on your team, I bet you're probably winning fantasy. So, hey, guys, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner also at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. Check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Um, but yeah, we're not going to be recapping the Nets game after tomorrow's game. Uh, it's going to be a late game. We're actually going to save that because we are going to have a, a nice guest on our show here uh, on Thursday. 
Thursday night, we're going to have the wonderful Daniel Greenberg, a Chicago sports reporter who uh, oftentimes breaks news uh, on Twitter when I'm, when I'm scrolling through Twitter uh, and I'm looking for Bulls updates. Uh, it's off, it's often comes from, from Daniel Greenberg. It doesn't come from one of the official sources. So uh, I'm excited to get to talk to him, man. He's, he's from Fansided, uh, worked at Wrigley Sports, uh, you know, all, all this good stuff. So um Excited to have him on. I know, Trey, you, you may, may or may not be there. I'm hoping you can make it. But uh, if not, man, uh, I, I'm really pumped to if talk not, to you. Yeah, if yeah. not, you're going to kill it. I'm really hoping that I can make it. Because like you said, in the world of Bulls Twitter, Greenberg is, it's a, you know, it's a bigger name. And yeah. it's exciting to be able to have him come on and to share his knowledge. And just to have someone else that, that knows Bulls basketball on that kind of level. Definitely. So uh, that'll be Thursday. So catch that uh, show, guys. And that's when we're going to actually recap the Nets. I'll, I'll talk to Daniel a little bit about that game and then also the uh, upcoming Warriors game. So definitely tune into that one. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, guys. And before we do go, I do have one more announcement. Uh, also want to remind you guys to all use the coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well uh that's gonna do it for us until next time i am keith cork you can find me on twitter at at bsbp keith and trey where can the people find you on twitter at final finally and follow the show at at ethos bulls and uh let's go get these wins man big games let's uh let's get some wins against the nets and the-